everyone, this is Hannah. I'm excited to have you join us to listen to the ninth episode of the Syllabus for Overcoming Stigma podcast, or SOS. Today, I'll be talking with Isabel, who will share her story and her experience with depression and anxiety. We hope that through sharing these stories, we can reduce mental illness stigma in our community. If you are listening and feel like you might recognize some of these symptoms as ones you might be experiencing yourself, we encourage you to seek out treatment and resources, which can be accessed in part on our podcast website in the description section of this podcast and at the end of the podcast recording. So as you all know by now, I'm Hannah. I am a doctoral student in psychology. However, the goal of this podcast is not to provide therapy or diagnose mental illness in any podcast guest or podcast listener, and information shared on the show is not a replacement for diagnosis, professional advice, or treatment. So without further ado, I'm really, really thrilled to welcome Isabel today. So Isabel is an undergraduate student here at Michigan, and I'll let her introduce herself. So Isabel, will you tell our guests just a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I'm Isabel. I'm a senior here at um, UMich, and I grew up in Ann Arbor. I'm studying sociology and Asian studies. Very cool. That's awesome. Well, we're so lucky to have you here with us today. Uh, I'll ask you to start by sharing just a little bit about your story and you can start with your journey with depression and anxiety from the very beginning. So I like to ask people, when did you first notice that you were having symptoms? Yeah, um, I feel like in general, I noticed that I wasn't feeling well, but I didn't really know what was going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but not until I like went to see like my PCP, like my, my doctor. Um, and, you know, they usually give you like those like sheets with like yes. um, <laughs> gauge your like depression, and anxiety levels. And like those ended up be- being pretty high, like around probably sophomore year of high school or junior. Okay. Um, and yeah, I just felt like I wasn't able to like really function as well as I wanted to. Wasn't really feeling like sleep was yeah. doing well, eating and like just focusing at school. But I didn't realize that that was like an actual problem that was just a problem with me but yeah since then um yeah during high school probably was oh. first yeah yeah okay wow so you didn't really think that you might be yeah. having these symptoms until you went into the doctor and did those random yeah. <laughs> sheets that they give us yeah. okay and what happened from there um from there um she did um I guess she did recommend to me to like um, seek out like um, psychiatry or like find therapy, um, and she did give me a few options, but like I never really went through with those. Okay. And I even told my parents, but um, they were like, "Oh yeah, you should probably seek professional help." Um, but then I kind of just like blew that off for like a few years. Okay. Until it got pretty, it got like I felt like I couldn't function as well in sophomore year of college. Actually, okay. so it took like a few years yeah, for me to actually. Time. Um, kind of want to seek professional help. Um, and it was really only like when I went to the doctor again and she's like, <laughs> okay, I think we should go like on medication. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so I started medication for like about a year and then not until like probably last year I started going to therapy because okay. I felt like even then like I was like kind of skeptical about actually going to seek actual professional help. But yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. so it sounds like there was a long time before yeah. you eventually... What were some of the reasons why you think it took that long to see somebody or Mm. to check in again in college? Yeah. I think, like, I grew up with really the culture of not really, I guess, mm, 
like I wasn't really allowed to feel like pain or like hmm. I think I never really knew how to gauge if I wasn't feeling well like if I didn't feel well like I would always tell to my, myself to like kind of just like suck it up mm-hmm. and like keep mm-hmm. going um but yeah I think that that kind of just like stuck with me like from a young age of just needing to persevere or mm-hmm. else it was like a sign of weakness but yeah yeah and the symptoms of depression and anxiety look different for everyone so yeah. maybe around like this time of your sophomore year of college what were the main things that you were noticing yeah um I think for me it was really I started to feel like the most apparent one was that it took me like probably like two hours to fall asleep and wow. like I was having pretty bad like physical symptoms trying to sleep like my whole body would like stiffen and mm. like I would sometimes feel like increased anxiety during like right before bed um and like also I just had like such a hard time like just like if I was doing assignments like even typing like one word it was mm. like super hard for me mm-hmm. um yeah and for me that was like oh like something's wrong like with me and not like actual like there's not like actual explanation for that right. but yeah right yeah interesting okay yeah and so tell us about what the eventual treatment process yeah. was like um yeah how did that go for you everyone kind of has these winding stories so mm-hmm. I'm curious about your process um yeah so my first um treatment process I think I started Prozac um like around like yeah my sophomore year of college um I went on that for like probably like six months and then I felt like it wasn't really working because I actually felt like really hazy and like Mm. it was like really numbing to me and even though like I felt like my anxiety was lessened and whatnot it was just like in whole like did not make me feel that much better so then we tried Lexapro the haziness went away, but like same thing, it like didn't really help much. And then now I'm on Effexor, which I think has been pretty helpful for me in like helping to increase motivation and like, um, yeah, just more activating and whatnot. Okay, yeah. yeah. And what yeah. about did you ever see? Uh, I think you mentioned maybe seeing a therapist. Yeah, um, I started therapy about a year ago um, because I ended up withdrawing from school, so I needed like actual they they required me to have a clinician in order Mm. to come back to school but yeah um that has been really helpful and I feel like really privileged to have matched with like a really great therapist who I'm able to connect with really well that's awesome okay so you're kind of continuing to do the medication and therapy in tandem that's great that's awesome to hear and yeah is there anything else that you kind of wanted to share about the journey before we move on to some of the questions about stigma like do you feel like your journey was what you anticipated or mm-hmm. was it kind of this weird thing that you just started yeah. and then it kind of went from there yeah like I feel like when you learn about depression in like school yeah. you like there's this like image of like a person like walking around with, like a cloud over their head and like <laughs> yeah, that's true. Someone, really like, that. <laughs> yeah and then like um someone who's like stays in bed all day and like whatnot and like I think only when I started to like feel I never felt like I matched that image in Mm -hmm. my head and like it took me so long to realize that me like sleeping through commitments I'm not like telling people that I was Mm -hmm. gonna miss work or school um, not eating not leaving my room because I felt like something Mm -hmm. bad was gonna happen Mm -hmm. like those kind of things I didn't realize that that was like oh this is actually real Mm -hmm. Um, it never felt like a reality to me so I think only until 
it got to the worst point, which was like probably about like um, like a year and a half ago that like when I started to miss so much class and like mm -hmm. assignments that I was like, okay, um, I think I need to do yeah, something yeah. about this because I don't think I can do this anymore. Yeah. Um, so that is when I started to actually feel like I guess I was worthy of help. Yeah. Unfortunately, but right. yeah, I think it just took me a long time to realize because I was it was so rooted in me that I needed to not feel pain or mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. persevere through things that I felt like. But yeah, and then I realized that like things like sleep and eating are just basic needs yeah. that everyone needs. Totally. Like everyone's entitled to them. Like everyone's worthy of that, and like I'm no different. So. I think, yeah, it just took me a really long time to realize that. But. Yeah. Wow. That's a really amazingly yeah. profound statement. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like that a lot, that everyone is worthy of sleep and fulfilling yeah, these yeah. basic needs. Um, and really brave of you after struggling for that long to eventually kind of come to terms that uh, you could mm -hmm. benefit from support of others and, and treatment. So yeah. that's great to hear. And kind of along those lines, it sounds like we're going to talk about um, culture in a second, but... Mm -hmm. What about just general like self-stigma that you felt? Did you feel any stigma or worry about the stigma that others might put on you? Oh, yeah, definitely. I think like even till now, I feel because like of all the things, my like life and like all my commitments are so closely related to how mm -hmm. I operate now because of my mental illness. And I feel like I'm always obligated to tell them why like I'm not feeling well or like I um, I guess not I don't want to say flake but like I feel like I need to take a break yeah that's yeah um, that's better yeah <laughs> yeah um and the, yeah I always feel like oh I need to give them an actual reason mm -hmm. and I never felt like my health was mm. an actual reason right because like it's not like I broke a leg or like mm -hmm. I'm in hospital or anything mm -hmm. like um but yeah just feeling like I was always minimizing how I was feeling um, but like, I think I'm like, feel very privileged because like here in Ann Arbor, I, well, mostly <laughs> like, I want to say like, Ann Arbor is like, oh, so liberal and whatnot. But like, um, I feel like mostly the people that I'm around yeah. tend to be more educated about mental for illness sure. and whatnot. But yeah. 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 It's, it's a nice community for yeah, sure. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think stigma is everywhere yeah, uh, yeah it's pervasive and certainly i like that comparison always of like it makes total sense to call in sick to work for a broken yeah. leg but not for people who are struggling yeah. when actually it can be very hard to get you know <laughs> out of bed or, or whatever you were experiencing mm -hmm. at the time um did you feel like other people kind of presented that stigma to you outwardly or was that more of something an internal mm. thing that you dealt with i think it was a little bit of both because I felt like when I first started involving my parents in the situation, mm. um, my mom's a pharmacist. So like oh, okay. the first thing I did was like go on medication. Right. So right. She was, she'd be like, oh, you like um, I didn't even tell her like when I first got prescribed the medication, she was just looking at my like I told her like, oh, like mm. I need to go pick up a prescription. And she's <laughs> like, oh, for what? And I was like, uh, fluoxetine. And then she's like, oh that's an antidepressant. And then like, I was like, she's like, are you depressed? And I'm like, I don't know how to answer these questions. Like, cause my mom is like someone who's like, not, she's born in Hong Kong, but she's been here since like she was in high school, college, okay. but she still has like, um, some, I feel like she's like more on the conservative side sure. and feels like, 
um, I can't really talk to things that are more, I guess, intimate of with course, my parents. Yeah. Um, but I think I was always like very wary of what my parents would think about things like that because they never like talked to me like about how I was feeling. It was mm-hmm. more about like the logistics of like, oh, you are taking this medication now. Oh, I need to pay for these mm. medical bills now. Yeah. Um, so I think I was always feeling like I was tiptoeing around them. Mm. And I kind of just like felt like that was internalizing. I started reflecting that on other people when I would like tell them, oh, this is how I'm feeling or like this is why I'm not going to this meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, it always feel like, oh, like this is a bad reason to go or like bad right. reason to not be there. Um, but yeah, that's really hard. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I like that. That yeah. was like the, intro- that, yeah. that was like the initiation of the yeah. conversation was yeah. from seeing your uh, paperwork. Yeah. It's funny. Um, okay. And then talking a little bit more than about culture and more broadly, even just beyond your kind of immediate family, how has that impacted your experience mm-hmm. of mental illness? Mm-hmm. I know you've spoken to this, but yeah. is there anything else you want to add? Yeah. Well, I'm, I identify as Asian American and I grew up in a very saturated Asian American community. Okay. So I feel like um, the idea of the model minority, which is just like feeling like I had to live up to a very high performing standard, especially when it was so competitive, like when I was growing up, um, everyone would be like um, attending all these extra classes, Mm -hmm. would be talking about their grades in front of other people, Mm -hmm. would kind of almost feel like they were putting down other people who wouldn't do the same as them. So I think that was like mm. a very internalized stigma inside the community as well, not just from other people that weren't Asian American. Mm. And even though like my parents were never like really all that pushy about like my schoolwork and whatnot, I felt like that became something that I mm. did on my own. Like mm-hmm. I became my own tiger parent, I think. <laughs> like, yeah. And like I would always like add so many commitments and whatnot. Um, but I think just that basis through my childhood of feeling like I always need to overperform. Yeah. Um, especially since when I was in kindergarten, I, I skipped a grade in okay, wow. summer. So I was always like, oh, Isabel's like the smart kid. Mm-hmm. Isabel's like, yeah, she's That's the one that I go to, to, to like, you know, but yeah, those expectations starting from like early age and like, as well as going through middle school, like, I felt like an imposter, basically. Like, even from that age, like, people talk about it in college, but I was like, oh, like, I'm not Asian enough if mm-hmm. I don't have, like, an extra, like, SAT class or extra, right. like, instrument lessons, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I think that just kind of, yeah, feeling like I couldn't really stop unless something, like, terrible happens. Like, right. and my definition of terrible would be, like, I literally just cannot move or like think or anything, right. which honestly was was me like yeah. in college. But I didn't realize that that was what it would feel like. That's yeah. so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's a lot to carry. Yeah, with you for all those years. <laughs> yeah, and not just that pursuit of like, when will I feel like mm-hmm. I'm enough, or when will I yeah. feel like I've taken on yeah. enough? Um, and then also not having that stopping point, really. Yeah, yeah, um, but. Okay. Wow. That's yeah. really interesting. And do you, what would, what do you feel like was maybe that's something that's unidentifiable, but what do you feel like was driving kind of the continuous need to take on things you think yeah. that's related to the environment that you were in? Yeah. I mean, I think I definitely 
mm, it's related a lot to feeling the need to be perfect. I think yeah. like even if pe- people weren't outright telling me that I needed to do these things, like I always that had that. Um, idea that I needed to do everything perfectly mm-hmm. and that idea of perfect like is so like arbitrary like where does that like level like end mm-hmm. so for me it would just like be like chasing like in like arbitrary line like and yeah like I would always feel like I needed to hit like 120 percent or like mm. Like, and then, like, yeah, my therapist will always be telling me, like, oh, Isabel, you should try going, like, 85%. I think that would work for you. And, like, honestly, it actually kind of does help because, like, it helps me feel, like, oh, because I can never tell, like, really, like, oh, this is too much. Like, this is where I need to stop. So I'll always, like, try to feel, like, oh, I'll stop a little bit before I feel like I'm at my, quote-unquote, limit. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, it just felt, like seeing everyone else move so fast mm-hmm. everyone I couldn't and obviously I couldn't know what they were going through behind True. that mask but like yeah just seeing everyone like achieve so many things like tell me about like oh I like got this award or I got like <laughs> this grade on this test or like oh I'm taking this class and I was like I feel like I need to add as many things as possible in order to earn that validation from my peers, yeah. earn validation from my parents, even though, like, they never really... Mm. I think I, like, because they never really told me yeah. anything that I was like, oh, I need to show them that I'm doing something worthy of their attention, yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's really tough. Yeah. I do like that advice, though, of... I think sometimes when we... Maybe you were raised in that environment and grew up in that environment, mm-hmm. it is hard to know where that boundary for yourself is and where the line is where you yeah. can just say, okay, I'm going <laughs> to yeah, stop. So yeah, I yeah. think erring on the side of caution and drawing that line yeah. even earlier than you yeah, might yeah. think is a good place to mm-hmm. start. That's great. Okay. Mm-hmm. So thinking back, we're kind of like a year and a half out maybe from one of the lower points, mm-hmm. I think, of your experience with depression and anxiety. How do you think this experience overall has shaped you as a person? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think after taking a break from school, I mean, that in itself was a really hard decision yeah. for me just because I was moving so fast and I was like, taking school off was felt like that was like my whole purpose Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. achieving things was my identity at that point right and I had to kind of recalibrate and feel like this is not who I am I'm not defined by the achievements that I make I'm not defined by the validation that I seek from other people and whatnot and I think it was a really long process of like feeling like I was worthy of all these things I was seeking from other people, like basic needs, like eating, sleeping, and then also just feeling like, oh, like you're doing well, Mm -hmm. like this is good. Like you don't have to do as much as you feel like you need to. Um, And just like having that year off was I think really helpful, like working with my therapist every week, trying to take my medi- medication like regularly mm-hmm. having like good friends and family that could be around me to support me was really helpful and just like even though it was like a super smooth process like there were like still like <laughs> I'm sure parts parts in the road were that. like yeah like where I felt like oh this isn't going well or like I'm still feeling like I can't move for like weeks at a time yeah. and like I think it 
I just had to. It took me a while to realize that I can. I know like what things that I need. Like、mm. trying to get into that mindset of like, what do I need? Like what do I need to nurture myself? Yeah. And like it took it takes a while to like figure out what those things are. But for me, like just. Yeah, taking those little steps at a time, like tackling like eating at one time, sleeping、yeah. at one time, like just those yeah, basic needs. yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah, that's really. I, I'm just very inspired、yeah. by you. I think it's really <laughs> brave that you were able to take you know your、mm-hmm. off, especially when that was、yeah. so closely tied to your identity.、Yeah. I think that that's what sometimes people. What makes it especially hard to kind、mm-hmm. of take that time that you need.、Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's very brave. <laughs>、um, So yeah, speaking, you started to allude to the support of your friends and family, but what else has been kind of helpful? And even moving back into coming back to school, yeah, what yeah. kind of things are helpful? What are the people that you rely on for、mm-hmm. support? Yeah,、um, I mean, I think a lot has to do with.、Mm, I think I do rely on my friends a lot, even if it like might not be telling them exactly like how I feel and whatnot. It just feels good to have people around you that enjoy、totally. being around you. And I think specifically for me, I had so much issues with. I had a really bad like、um, relationship with eating and whatnot. That it really helped for me after. Um, a few months of like staying in my apartment, probably like actually for like a year. Like I moved back home during the summer,、mm-hmm. and just having that support of like people who would feed me、yeah. and like people who would go to bed like at a certain time, like having that routine、mm-hmm. really helped me get back on track. And I think the idea of routine was something that I was always trying to get into, but it was like just so hard because I felt like I never had the support. Because just because I was like around people, like college students that were all doing their own thing, like、um, with their all their lifestyle habits,、mm-hmm. and like there are different people who will study for a long time, or、right. like people who will like I guess have a quote unquote like healthy like daily routine. But I felt like yeah, it was just hard to get into that to myself. So I think just having my parents around to help me get back into that was really helpful. Um, and I think that is one of the biggest reasons why I was able to come back to school this semester、yeah. is that. But yeah, yeah, that's a really good、yeah. point. I've never thought about that before, but we always talk about transitioning to college as being this really difficult time. Yeah, I think what you're alluding to is one of the reasons. It it is true. Everyone、yeah. is on these different schedules、yeah. that maybe work for them,、mm-hmm. and at the same time, you're living with a whole group of people too. Usually, or, or Around people, so、yeah. it's almost like comparing your schedule to others, and everyone's trying to figure out what's working best for them.、Oh, yeah.、Um, yeah. Any like groups or other things on campus that you are part of that、yeah. have been helpful or activities?、Um, yeah. So I am right now. I'm a part of a few dance groups,、cool. and I'm pretty involved with them. One of them, which I am like the co-president、oh, of. Oh, that's exciting.、Um, yeah. Before, like, I was also involved in other organizations.、Um, Um, but I decided that I needed to、yeah. like take a break from those because、sure. I was literally in like five of them, and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Oh, like Isabel, you don't need、Isabel、to be in those. Isabel has so many. Yeah, <laughs> like people would tell me like, "Oh my god, Isabel, you're doing so many things." But like for me, I was like, "Yeah, I am," and like、oh, that was like yeah, never yeah. like、you're、really like- occurred to me that 
that too many things meant like oh that's this too is many. too many yeah. <laughs> but yeah yeah okay very yeah. cool well yeah. that's awesome that's yeah. the answer yeah. and i'm glad that you picked yeah you. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> like that you could really spend time um you yeah. know getting to know the people there okay and so what would you say to somebody else who might also be experiencing these symptoms mm-hmm. so like you can think back to yourself in high school or if you had a peer or in college like what would you say to somebody or what do you, you wish somebody had said to you mm-hmm. i think i think my the biggest fear of trying to seek help when i was feeling down was like am i feeling down enough to seek help mm-hmm. and i think like it doesn't have to always go to that extreme of like, oh, I need to be feeling this bad in order to get help. Or like, even if I like feel a little bit bad, like, I think you're still worthy of Mm -hmm. that help. Like, whether that is like seeking help from your friends or like professional help, like I think therapy in general is just like help for anyone. Cause like, Mm -hmm. just like being able to navigate through a world where like, you're really not taught how to do anything or like, how you want to like I guess working on like I guess self-identity and like how your values and how you identify as how those line up with like I guess how you want to like move through the world and I think now like I guess resources are so accessible because Mm -hmm. of the internet Mm. (laughs) and like especially with COVID like things have become more online and like it's even if you don't want to like kind of go out and like go through all these processes to like book an appointment with with a doctor like I think it's like become really easy to not really easy but like more accessible to to seek that help so I would say like if you feel like I think everyone kind of knows deep down like Mm. oh something doesn't feel right Mm -hmm. or like I'm not doing things the way that I feel like is the best for myself Mm -hmm. like yeah and I think just feeling like even if you feel like this this small little thing is kind of keeping you from doing things that you want to do I think just that's enough yeah yeah that's just enough yeah Yeah. I, I really like that and I think it's that idea of getting help before it progresses right like if we can you know especially with depression it's like completely takes away motivation so at that point it's even harder to find the right therapist or right resources so and do you feel like the like online stuff maybe that it sounds like you utilize some sort of like or just googling or things was that helpful or was that i've gotten mixed kind of messages about Mm, that i think for me specifically i did get um referrals from my doctor um, but I think it was easier for me to go to those appointments because it was online. I see. Um, just like because like I was so like isolated in yeah. my room yeah. that like having to go outside, having to like drive or like take the bus to go to yeah. the doctors or like the yeah office was just like not an option for me. Yeah, too much. Um, but yeah, I think mm, just searching up online like different like clinics around and like just shooting an email like that's just like the first step is just like yeah yeah I think think also that's always not 
not always clear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. How, how do you yeah. even initially start yeah. that contact? So yeah. you, your way was email, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's great. I think that's yeah. good for people to hear too. Mm-hmm. Just how do you even make that yeah. first step? And sometimes calling feels mm-hmm. overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're wrapping up, but is there anything else that you wanted to share or any final parting words of wisdom? Mm. I feel like there must be something, but like I can't really <laughs> well, think of that. you said a lot of great, yeah, great yeah. things so far. Mm. I think... Mm. I think I want... For me, myself, I want to feel like it's okay if you're not doing the same things as everyone else. Like, you don't have to be, like, pulling all-nighters. You don't Mm -hmm. have to be taking 18 credits and, like, just knowing what is good for yourself is, you know, what's going to help you move through the world later on Mm -hmm. as well. Like, if you kind of... I know it's like easier said than done, but like building those, I guess, hmm, how do I say this? Like kind of figuring out how you want to navigate um, through the world starting from college, especially when mm. like there's, you know, after college, it's like a whole different <laughs> like experience. I mean, I can't say anything yeah, about yeah. that, but like, yeah. It's not too bad. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like, I think in college there's they shoot so many resources at you it's just like at this point like I feel like um I forgot where I was going with that but like (laughs) yeah yeah kind of you need to set your own habits for yourself yeah 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 yeah. and and find what's best for you yeah even I think we do give a lot of advice at college but it's doesn't necessarily it's not Mm -hmm. one size fits all yeah yeah definitely and I think too if you set your own sort of routines or, or habits then mm-hmm. they're going to be easier to maintain mm-hmm. um, yeah in the end or when things get hard yeah I, I love that that's very powerful mm-hmm. okay well thank you so much Isabel for sharing your story uh, to our listeners I hope that Isabel's story was helpful in curating empathy for yourself or for others if you enjoyed this episode please give us a follow on whatever platform you are listening to and leave us a five-star rating so that more people can learn about the podcast Um, Please see the notes section of this episode for relevant resources and links to different groups and services. Just in addition, I like to mention the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. That number is 1-800-273-TALK or 1-800-273-8255, and that is available 24-7. And also, Psychiatric Emergency Services here at University of Michigan has a... um, line as well that's accessible 24-7 and that number is 742-936-5900 so thank you all for listening and thank you so much again Isabel we really uh, enjoyed having you here thank you for having me yeah Yeah. absolutely